previously on Everything's Great, Nothing is Wrong. This is going to be a long story. But this past week, I um, infiltrated a cult. (gasps) And actually, that's all that matters. This is going to go on for some time. With all that tries to divide us, let's take solace in song. To rebuild the detritus Everything's, Everything's right Nothing is wrong Oh my god, I'm so excited <laughs> uh, <laughs> This is like a dream come true, Jeff <laughs> Oh my god, tell me everything Well, there's how, a, there's a backstory How have you been able to contain yourself this entire time? I'm like shaking with excitement uh, So I need you to think of some names for me, um, some spiritual names, so I don't use the real ones. Spiritual? Yeah, like... Amanda. Amanda. Great. Yeah. Okay. Do you need another gendered name? Mm, I got Amanda. Give me a male. Um, Amanda and Michael. Michael. Okay. So, do you know about Amanda, who I've been talking to for a few years? No. Okay. Here's the story. The tale of who I call the gypsy. This person I talked to. Oh, yes. You do know the gypsy. I do know the gypsy. You just need to say gypsy. Gypsy. So the background of this is that one of my friends who... Wait, can I do an intro um, blast about this? Oh, please, please do. Tales of the Gypsy. Do you know that I met the Gypsy? Oh my god! (laughs) I did not know that. Yes. That is amazing. Are you okay? I'm okay. I was worried I would not be okay. Yeah. But. The background is. So, yeah, how long have you known this Gypsy? I think I. Amanda. Talked to her since 20. Uh, 13, maybe 2012, yeah. even maybe hmm. later. That's maybe let's say 2013. Quite some time ago. Does that sound different days back then? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I had a friend who, uh, I kept in contact with in my travels. You meet a lot of people, um, and, and they're also quite a traveler themselves. And so I would, every so often we would meet up and whatever, wherever we were at the time, or one of us would be traveling. And uh, I had just seen her, and then she wanted to keep in touch, um, and she called and said, hey, can my um, friend Amanda, the gypsy, who will be known as, uh, c- uh, call, talk to us on the phone? And so I'm like, yeah, sure, okay, fine. So I get a call, and Amanda is just full-on starts, like, singing. The very first... <gasps> The time I ever talked to this person on the phone I'm like oh hey how's it going and she's like do you mind if I sing and then she just starts just going <laughs> oh it's the river and I see oh uh, the water and like just like ad-libbing this weird song you know oh my god yeah and I'm just like who is this person so it comes to my attention throughout the next handful of um months as I want to talk to my friend who I will call uh chipmunk no. Okay. Just use a chipmunk sound. I will. Okay. But I'm going to... Well, 
I la- la- this is this audio later of my friend that I have from this past cult week. Of, Yay! And I don't have it right now, but I'll hope, maybe I'll yeah. insert it if I get it. So insert Please do. That's conversation. exciting. Do you have a spirit animal? <laughs> Some sort of land rodent? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So who I'll call Chipmunk is... Um, I, you know, I keep in touch, but the phone calls I, I have with them are constantly, yeah. um, it, they're only with Amanda. Is Chipmunk in, on the line, like in the phone? Yes. So it's, a, it's, okay. a, it's three-way calls. Yeah. Yeah. So, but every time I try to talk to Chipmunk just by herself, Amanda's on the line too. What the fuck? Do they live together? Well, I don't know what was happening. So th- this is 2013. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The situation so i'm like it's her weird friend and now i just hear this voice that's kind of like spacey and airy and just like oh yes we might or not. right and so wait chipmunk's she, voice it comes to reveal that oh. there, she's kind of her spiritual mentor yeah and chipmunk was really into like meditation and uh stuff like oh, that which is great i remember chipmunk well yeah very yeah. fondly yeah and um but she found like a new spiritual mentor and um they started talking to me every couple every month or two we would we would get on these phone calls and but i was no longer allowed to just talk to chipmunk by herself whenever i wanted to talk amanda was there through amanda yes so amanda basically became the vessel through which i could even (sighs) talk to my friend that's really scary it was scary conduit especially having witnessed you talking to amanda and the things that you were saying. Yeah. Do you mind telling your side? Because this is so long for me. It's like so much wrapped up in what I've already known. You have a whole experiential knowledge of this gypsy and the conversations between you, Chipmunk, and Amanda. I was privileged enough one night to have Jeff over. And <laughs> he he was like, hey, I've, I've got this. Oh, that's right. I remember this now. I, I have to do this important call. I got to go. And I'm like, you can do the call here. We're not going to be offended. And we, meaning the, you know, cricket society. (laughs) And he called on three-way conference calling his friend Chipmunk, who I had met and liked and knew Mm -hmm. and, you know, was totally like a normal person that Mm -hmm. liked yoga. And then this woman was on the line. And I didn't know that Amanda might be um some sort of guru to chipmunk but it definitely seemed like she was on a lot of acid (laughs) yes and i know my acid (laughs) and my bases alkaline alkaline ph so yeah there was a lot of um free form thinking and um anytime you would mention something because i was prompting you when she would be um, I don't know if she was like fortune telling you or I'm not sure. It was a, a confusing time in all of our lives. But she would say, there seems to be a, a blockade in your path mm-hmm. and it's coming closer. And I would point to like a chair or a statue of a raccoon that I had. And you're like, oh, I think it might be um, like a little mammal that washes its hands and she's like yes the raccoon spirits are speaking to you jeff (laughs) 
And we were just like mentioning shit around the house and she was like exactly the waters are calling to you and they're bubbling up just like the soda <laughs> so like <laughs> it was pretty fun to fuck with this yeah. amanda lady but i didn't know that she was still alive or um able to speak so what happened is that i liked my friend chipmunk and because yeah. i was kind of i started being cut off from chipmunk without this amanda intervention and Ugh. I started getting worried about what was happening. So I tried to figure out what the relationship was. Are they living together? Like you said, are what is going on? And I just, I would ask like, Oh, what do they do for money? What do they, um, what, what do they do in their time? You know, what, what do they do? Where are, what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> I mean, just being a gypsy isn't really a profession that you claim on your taxes. Right. It's, it's, uh, I think. yeah, it's, it, well, at least, you know, you probably get, dinged by the international revenue man yeah so the irm i'm so for for the next few years i'm trying to keep a tab on my friend chipmunk to make sure she's okay yeah because it's like weird and i don't know if the gypsy is 30 years old is 20 years old is 60 60. my guess you all you hear is an airy voice that sounds like it could be any person at any age this is your future (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah um and so uh, those conversations that i had to have were me just trying to keep in touch while also experiencing these um these people trying to uh what they do interdimensionary portals to your future and past Mm -hmm. and what they do is they call it co-creating and they say would you like to co-create that with me jeff ew gross Mm -hmm. and so i mean it's like the um exquisite corpse situation but on a three-way call yes exactly but i would you know i would just be like cooking onions and i'd be like like ignoring them because she's such a she just is a um well as as will be revealed she's just a total ego maniac obviously the gypsy amanda yeah. and she has to be the center of all attention and so she's just talking for 20 minutes at a time without stopping yeah. so i'm just trying to be alive and do my real things i can't just sit and listen um so i'm making onions and she's like noticing i'm being really quiet she's like jeff what are you sensing what do you see and i'll say uh onions and she's like yes it's like <laughs> layers and we're all living Brussels sprout. I don't know. And then she goes on for 20 more minutes. And every time you make a deep cut, you start crying. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, she's pretending that she's translating some sort of cosmic um, knowledge. Knowledge. Yeah. Or just like weaving a story by the virtue of everything in front of you. She is able to really find deeper meaning. Yes. And she and she fancies herself kind of the the vessel through which um, all information must pass. And so this is why I can't talk to Chipmunk by herself because I can't directly communicate with her. I need like uh, Amanda's translation exactly. So are you able to like message Chipmunk and just text her and be like, "Dude, are you okay?" So this is this is years ago. I try. I do this kind of thing. Everything yeah. is met with. Um, vague uh platitudes i guess Mm. and like oh everything is always wonderful something something you know yeah and so i'm just like i don't know if she's been abducted into some sort of weird sex slave for amanda i don't know what's going on 
I know yeah. that I can't get out of touch with her. I said at one point when we were on our three-way call, I was um, visiting some friends nearby where they were. Yeah. And I said, oh, it, and I'm trying to use their language to acquiesce. And they say things yeah. like sensing and feeling. And it's mm. all just synonyms for like want and whatever. Yeah. It's the same language of speaking, but they're just using different The word I was going to say was words. My dear two listeners, at this point, the hottest day took its toll, and my computer audio shorted out. It caught glippets and snips of uh, the preceding conversation on my end, but hopefully you can use Cricket's context clues to piece together what's been said. It's about to get really redundant and boring, so I imagine you'll be fine over the next few episodes. Please accept this grooving audio track in lieu of my usually grooving voice. That heat was really a a bad choice. I'm sensing, Jeff, that you're very, very concerned about how Chipmunk feels in this situation. Oh my god. Yeah, because, I mean, she's not allowed to see her friends that are not in this, you know, plane of existence. Yeah, so now it's episode three, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna restart you on the Tales of the Gypsy by saying, Tales of the Gypsy, part two. You got something in your teeth, you dirty bitch. Dirty bitch. You got something in your teeth, you dirty bitch. Dirty bitch. Well, you got something in your teeth, could be spinach, could be meat. You got something in your teeth, you dirty bitch. Dirty bitch. Dirty bitch dental gum for all you dirty bitches out there. Yeehaw! <laughs> Last time on Tales of the Gypsy, Jeff was concerned about his friend Chipmunk, who had been abducted by a spiritual advisor named... Amanda. This is Tales of the Gypsy Part 2, wherein we will meet Amanda. I don't know how to, like, help her. Maybe I don't need to help. Maybe everything's fine. I don't know. Yeah, maybe everything's great and nothing is wrong, but you don't know that. I would never. I didn't know that until this year. Exactly. I'm nearby. I'm not in the same place, but I gotta get to this place. Um, And so... When the desire is to, like, meet somebody in a time frame. That's that's frustrating, yeah, because people, you know, you don't want to wait there for three days seeing if she shows up. So where where did you decide to meet? I hope it was a public place. It was. It was. <laughs> oh, good. That is, yeah, that's the most public of all. So I drive from, um, yeah. and she's coming from. Oh, I could have guessed that. and so she's coming with her partner and i'm texting i'm like okay i've just left i'm on my way i'll probably be there in you know x hours and she's like okay i'll be there about the same time or no 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 that's way too that was that did not be too specific yeah she's like i'm like what time should i meet you what feels good well i'm trying to use their language they say yeah yeah I sense, I feel. That's all the the language they use instead of saying I want and I I would like, you know. Or I am. Yeah. So so instead of saying like, hey, do you want this ice cream? This happened this this past week. They said, "Am I to eat this ice cream?" 
and they're eating ice cream. It's not like it's I mean, some it's spiritual, kill you. you know, sustenance. It's no cold ice. So, um, I'm like, what time should we meet up? And she's like, what are you sensing? You know, I say, oh, you know what? I wonder if I have these old texts I could just scroll through. Shit, yes. Because that would be even better. Let me take my sweat-soaked phone screen. <laughs> Gross. And just scroll up. Maybe I can find some old, old texts, too. I mean, I want to just let our two listeners know that we are not very close to the equator. We're a considerable distance that should be safe from these types of heat waves. And it is <laughs> unbearable. So, yeah, tell me tell me what Amanda said in terms of her existence in a time plane. So this is actually really great. I still have these texts. <laughs> I'm just going to read these this whole exchange from when we met. I wish I say, that you could send them to me and I would be Amanda and you would be Jeff. Oh, great. Yes. Okay. Let's take I a pause. I know how to do this. Yeah, let's let's pause. Let's hit let's put a pin in it. Forever now. Thomas the Tank Engine. Tank Engine Romance. Forever now. Thomas the Tank Engine. Tank Engine time. Should I do the narration this time or should you? You should narrate this time. Okay. Give you a break. Well, yeah. I think we should, you know, it's like popcorn when you're reading in, in class. Popcorn. Yeah. So I say popcorn, and then you do <laughs> narration. And then I go, last time on Atlas Chugged, Dr. Berg and Dr. Carson were performing surgery on a, a mystery being who turned out to be Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we left off. <laughs> uh, all right, and now we have a flashback. Two days earlier... He looked over to Shima on the track next to him and smiled dreamily. She was so beautiful and he was falling for her so quickly. He found it difficult to keep his attention focused on the task at hand, the shunting challenge at the International Great Railway Show. They were neck and neck and having the time of their lives as they raced against each other, but he was just a little quicker as she smiled back at him and he laid into the rails, pushing past her towards victory. His gaze shifted to the finish as his eyebrows rose suddenly and he gasped. Shit, he exclaimed to himself as his eyes caught sight of the derailed flatbed blocking her track. He glowered. Vinny, that son of a bitch bully from North America. He just had to cut through the race and disrupt everything in his hot pursuit of his ego. Ashima, look out! Your track is blocked! He yelled, uh, my British. <laughs> I feel like you need to have like a picture of like a Britisher that you can pretend to, <laughs> to channel during that time. Yeah. Like John Lennon. <laughs> I don't know if that's not very... Yeah. Ashima, look out. Your track is blocked. Ashima, look out. Your track is blocked. Mm. Maybe he shouldn't be British. Can we change it? Yeah. Now? You'll have to go back and do a little boy voice the whole time. Or 20-year-old I'll boy. just do a little boy voice. I don't... Let's just not be British boy. It's too hard for me. It's too hard. Unless you can do it better. Ashima, look out. Your track is blocked. That's a lot better. Do you want to be <laughs> Thomas? <laughs> We'll have to go back in time, though. Oh, you're right. Okay. I'll just mimic everything you say. Your track is blocked. 
he yelled to her over the furious sound of racing pistons. Points! Points! He called to the switch operators for the race. She couldn't see beyond the brake van she was shunting, but the next thing she knew was the jarring cut to the left as the rails shifted and she was forced over to Thomas's track as he switched over to hers. Thomas, what are you doing? She gasped, her eyes wide. Look out! You're going to crash! He heard, shouted from his fellow Sudrian engines as they watched in horror on the sidelines. There wasn't enough time to react after the switch, and he slammed into the obstruction, sparks flying everywhere as he lunged toward the car ahead of him. He nearly derailed as the momentum pushed him forward against the resistance of the steel and the flatbed ground against the rails, slowly bringing him and his final car to a screeching, grinding halt. And Ashima is first past the post! The painted tank engine from India takes the gold! He heard the announcer declare her victor as he sat and panted, happy for now in the fact that he hadn't derailed. His eyes shifted from the side to take in the open-mouthed, gaping expressions of shock, mostly from James and Gordon. Percy was a little skeptical, too. He could tell even from this distance. Damn. There was a certain gleam in their eyes when they looked at him. His eyes shifted to the other side toward the crowd. Sir Topham was going to kill him for giving up the gold to another country. The stakes were too high with this. He blinked. As much as he'd wanted to find his place in the great railway show, he found he didn't really care that he hadn't won, because he'd do it all over again. For her. Thomas, you let me win. I know, but it wouldn't have been fair. Your track was blocked. But I wouldn't have minded if you had won, Thomas. Everything around him seemed to slow and fade into a dull roar as he looked back at her. He blinked slowly and was just beginning to fall back into that strange, humanistic frame of thought he'd been finding himself in lately, when his reverie was cut short by the announcer over the mic. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we've never seen anything like this before. The judges are about to make a special announcement. Thomas's eyes rose as he listened. They were declaring two winners. He looked over at Ashima next to him. She was beaming as her eyes met his, and the thunderous applause rang in his mind. The judge declaring him the second victor. His face erupted into a smile. He didn't even know they could do that. Congratulations, Thomas. Congratulations to you, too. We both won, he thought. There was something strange he felt when he thought of them as a pair. Suddenly, Sir Topham walked up from behind to be met with elated grins and happy conversation from two victorious tank engines. I didn't even know you were here, Thomas. I'm sorry, sir. I only came to bring Gordon his safety valve. I even jumped the damn drawbridge, but I was still late. He huffed in defeat. Both Sir Topham and Shima's eyes popped wide. You jumped the drawbridge? Ashima nearly choked on the words. Sir Topham blinked incredulously and gestured silently in the air, waiting for his response. Yeah, he said, and somewhat regretted including that little detail. Looking back, it wasn't a very wise decision. I'm not quite sure I ended it back up on the tracks, even though they were the wrong ones at first and I almost took head-on with Hero. He blinked and eyed Sir Topham cautiously. And maybe Connor and Sidney too, he added quietly. Sir Topham stared crossly at first, but then shook it off, not wanting to mar his victory. All right. He sighed hard. I'm sure it was one of those last-minute decisions, and you are con- What was my accent with this guy again? His gaze intense at his engine, despite the fact that he was so dumbstruck he was finding it difficult to be serious. His voice boomed. Thomas. I think it would be helpful for you to think of Thomas as Harry Potter and Sir Topham <laughs> as um, the big hairy guy. 
Harry, Haggard. The Harry, Haggard. Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Am I doing that? Not good, huh? Well, I think you keep on slipping back into your natural, um, yeah, your natural accent, which yeah. That's we shall the... never talk about. <laughs> okay. Mm. Well, I'll do my best. I might have to not be British. I know. I would start <laughs> back at Sir Topham Stair Crossley, and then remember Hagrid and Harry Potter. Hagrid and Harry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sir Topham stared crossly at first, but then shook it off, not wanting to mar his victory. <laughs> nope, that's exactly <laughs> wrong. <laughs> he is, is this anything? Yes, it is something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm doomed. Okay, You're supposed to be a gruff, all right. I'm sure it was one of those last minute decisions, and you were incredibly lucky this once. That's way better. <laughs> Alright. 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 Alright, he sighed hard. I'm sure it was one of those last... Um, uh, um, shit. Um, uh, oh, uh, oh, that, that. I'm sure... Oh, mm. I'm gonna just maybe switch to southern for everything. Yeah, Sir Topham is a southerner. He's a southerner now. Alright, he sighed hard. I'm sure it was one of those last-minute decisions, and you were incredibly lucky this once. His gaze intense at his engine, despite the fact that he was so dumbstruck, he was finding it difficult to be serious. Know, Thomas, that you are the only engine that could ever pull off a bridge jump, so never do it again. Do you understand? His voice boomed. How's that? Perfect. Thomas struck a wide, pasted smile. Yes, sir, he replied militantly. Oh, yes, sir, he replied militantly. His eyes shifted to the side, cheekily, as he rocked on his wheels a few times. It was pretty epic, though. He couldn't bite back the grin as his eyes glowed. I didn't quite realize I could drag the word shit out that long. Ugh, Sir Topham grunted, slamming his palm to his forehead. He shook his head slightly as he looked incredulously at his number one, his eyebrow rising sternly. Never, and that's an order he said, calmly staring him down. I understand, he sighed, his gaze turning to Shima as, she noticed, as he noticed she was scrutinizing him with a strange look in her eyes. She was probably burnt up at him, too. But in any case, I do understand that you are trying to be really useful, and I You're appreciate... Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm speaking all the voices again. I think you have to be the narrator, but this is just so dense. <clears throat> but in any case... I do understand. Nope. That's like finally British. All right. I, <laughs> I have a real finally. problem. <laughs> but in any case, I do understand that you are trying to be really useful, and I appreciate that. You already needed to be repaired, but you performed so well in the shot and challenge, I doubt the impact did any damage. He laughed. <laughs> Oh, I'm fine, sir. Don't worry about me. He smiled as his gaze shifted down. Oh, Ashima studied him. She sensed wistfulness in his tone and wondered why the abrupt change. Her eyes squinted slightly as he tried to read him. What is it about you, Thomas? There's something you're trying very hard not to show. 
that was part one, section one, part four. Of Forever Now by Tank Engine Romantic on DeviantArt. I'm going to hit stop because I want to make sure that this, like, saves. Well, um, everything's great. Nothing is wrong. Everything's podcast at gmail.com. Uh, my, my computer's frozen right now. <laughs> you haven't even been recording this whole time. No, I hope I have. No, I tried to open Audacity and, uh, it's, uh, frozen spinning ball. Oh, if this doesn't save... 